Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Lopez wants it away. And it's a deep to left center. Andrew Jones on the run. This one has a chance. Home run. Mike Piazza. And the Mets lead. Hello, Mets fans. Welcome back into the Believe in the Mets podcast right here on the Believe Network. I am your host, Nick Durst. And for once, we're going on here to do a show where we say the Mets won a series. They beat the Nationals three, uh, three games to four. And who cares? Does it matter? No, it does not really not because it was a very weird setting at City Field on Saturday night. Mets were in a funk, it seemed, or a haze, lavender haze, because they traded Max Scherzer. Now, everyone saw on the last episode, I was not happy with the return of the Dave Robertson trade, and the, the timing of it didn't make much sense because he was the best closer on the, on the market, and the deadline was many days away, and they trade him, and just was a little surprising to say the least so here we have the scherzer trade which really came out of nowhere as well so when it came to these trades if there's a rain delay watch out because billy eckler he's gonna get antsy he's gonna start making moves and that's what he did he traded roberts in the rain delay and then trades max scherzer in the rain delay so hopefully billy has a lot of umbrellas and raincoat and poncho because this guy he just can't take the reins like He's got to stay active. He's got to stay busy. That's what he did. He traded Max Scherzer. For the Max Scherzer return here, they get Luis Angel Acuna, who is a shortstop. So, obviously, they're going to change his position. Now, maybe they'll put him in the outfield. They'll put him at second base. Does it sound familiar? Sounds like Ronnie Mauricio. So, who knows what's going to happen here with this prospect here. At least it's a little higher level prospect than you saw in the Robertson trade where all you got back was two 18-year-olds in rookie ball who won't be up till 2027. And at least here you got a double-A player who maybe can make an impact next season. However, to me, it wasn't enough on the return. I think when it comes to these minor leaguers, unless it's a such a can't-miss prospect, it's all about quantity over quality. And here you didn't get much quantity. You only got one player back. To help me break all this down, joining me now is a good friend of mine, it is Pat Regazzo of Sports Illustrated's Pat. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. So, Pat, you were there as this all went down on Saturday and Scherzer gets traded. So, first, walk us through what it was like for you and your colleagues during this rain delay with all this news leaking out about, oh, maybe Scherzer's going to get traded any minute now. It was a bit of a surprise because up until that point, all we had heard about was Justin Verlander was drawing interest from several teams, including the Texas Rangers. And um, all of a sudden, uh, the news pops up that the Rangers and the Mets were in deep discussions about Max Scherzer. And like I said, it was it was a, it was a bit of a surprise, uh, just considering uh, the value 
of Verlander was much higher than Scherzer just because of the, the recent performance and the overall seasons that they're having. I mean, Verlander's having a much better season than Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer is looking like he's on a steep decline and, uh, and he's had a rough stretch as of late. So, um, so yeah, so it was, it was kind of uh, like a whole saga in a way because um, you know, it, it took a while for the deal to get done everything to get hammered out, you know, how much money were the Mets going to send to the Rangers? How much money were were the Rangers going to pick up? Um, You know, who was the prospect that was going to be sent back? And because the Mets covered 35 million, um, they got a better prospect in uh, Luis Angel Acuna, of course, uh, Ronald Acuna's baby brother, um, you know, having a very strong year in double A and, uh, already by some prospect experts is ranked as the number one prospect in the Mets system. So um, yeah, this was uh, this was a, you know, kind of an extensive trade that unfolded and uh, you know, a bit of a surprise and um, you know, Scherzer had to waive his no trade clause and the details had to get hammered out and it eventually happened. And um, you know, it was, um, you know, it just kind of signaled that I had heard the day before that the Mets were in full sale mode, which means, uh, you know, trading Scherzer, trading Verlander. And um, yeah, that that trade just kind of signaled that, uh, you know, that's they're open for business. So maybe they're going with the strategy here. Of let's get all stars, younger brothers. We heard in the offseason they were going to try to get Soto's younger brother in uh, international trade and say that again, Acuna's younger brother. So. Watch out if if uh, if there's a star out there with younger brother in baseball, maybe Apple's going to try to get them. So they make this trade before the game, or as the game is about to start in the rain delay. What kind of message do you think that was sent there to the locker room? Because I think that trade played a direct impact in how bad and poor fundamentally the team played Saturday night in the loss to the Nationals. Well, yeah, it wasn't a morale booster, that's for sure. Um, uh, The Robertson trade kind of signaled that they were waving the white flag on the season, that they're not, they're no longer trying to compete for a wild card spot this season. And, um, you know, that's what signaled it when Robertson was traded and then also when Scherzer was traded as well. Do you think the Scherzer trade signals that we're not going to go all in? for 2024 or do you think maybe they are saying Macuna could help in 2024 what was your takeaway from Epler's press conference that he did on Sunday well yeah so Epler said that um the expectations aren't going to be as high going into next season uh which I think was a little bit of an alarming quote um you know I understand what he means he's they're not going to spend like drunken sailors again in free agency. Cause look where it got them this year. It didn't, it doesn't equate to wins. Um, that being said, they still do need to c- cover for the, you know, holes in their farm system. They are going to have to still spend in free agency to some degree to, you know, to be competitive. He says they're going to be competitive next season, but um, you know, they're going to have to spend some money to do so because um Again, they don't have, uh, you know, they don't necessarily have guys coming up. Um, but Acuna could 
potentially contribute next year. Um, but the Mets need pitching. The Mets need pitching, and and they haven't they haven't gotten pitching so far in uh, in these trades that they've made. So, yeah, they're they're um, from from based off Epler's comments. Uh, you know, they're they're going to be competitive. They're going to make some moves, but they're not going to go crazy like they did this past offseason. Yeah, I thought that was a very alarming statement because looking to next offseason, you already assumed they were going to go crazy with the money because maybe they're going to dish out $700 million for Otani. I would assume that's still on the table, but maybe it'd be even tougher to get him here now because the roster around him won't necessarily be a win-now team. And you trade Scherzer... And then you already had these rotation issues. Obviously, next year, I think, I would hope Verlander is going to be back because I think otherwise you're going to have a big problem. What's your feed? What's your feel here right now on Verlander as we approach the deadline? What do you think is going to happen? And what did you think of his comments after the game, after his maybe his last start on Sunday where he got a standing ovation by the City Field faithful? Well, yeah, so um, he's still drawing interest from teams. Dodgers are one of them. Um, there's a chance that he gets moved. But I think that, uh, you know, if the Mets want to compete next year, that they're better off holding on to him because uh, they're not going to have an ace next year if they if they get rid of him. I mean, they already got rid of Scherzer. Um, they're, they're better off hanging on to Verlander. And his comments after the game, I mean um, – you know, he he addressed the Max Scherzer trade and just said that it kind of changes everything for him that, um, you know, he indicated that he'd be willing to trade to waive his no trade clause, um, you know, and it was going to have a conversation with the front office and rightfully so. But, um, yeah, it seemed like he was more open to being traded and waiving his no trade clause, uh, you know, now that that Scherzer had been moved. I think he would love to be traded to the Astros, go another World Series and still gets his money and more money actually because of the no state income tax in Texas, we'll say. But I think moving forward for the Mets, assuming they keep Verlander, him and Senga, those are the aces moving forward here. Senga has proven to be worth every penny so far. And I really think there should be some serious discussion about him winning the rookie of the year. I know Corbin Carroll has been phenomenal with the Diamondbacks, but it's tougher, I think, for a pitcher to to come and take the league by storm. Not as likely that a rookie of the year is a pitcher, and he's been great. But you got the two guys there. You have Senga and Verland at the top of the rotation next year. Quintana, maybe they move him now. And then it's kind of just a mystery for next year. So don't you think that Epler is kind of forcing Cohen's hand here where if they want to compete next year, they have to spend some money on pitchers? And I think that it seems plausible, Pat, that the Mets are going to put a big push on to sign Blake Snell in the offseason. Although this regime has been very hesitant to give out long-term deals to pitchers. Usually they're on the two-year deals. But the pitchers that are going to be there next offseason that could help the team, they're probably going to want four, five, six-year deals. So what have you been hearing about maybe the Mets' willingness to have to go long-term on those pitching contracts? Because like you said, they need to fill out the rotation somehow. Yeah, the Mets are going to have to bite the bullet um, next year and and probably dish out a, a long-term contract or two to a pitcher, um, you know, whether it be Blake Snell, Julio Urias, Jack Flaherty, Jordan Montgomery, uh, Lucas Giolito. Um, 
you know, I don't unless they get Otani, uh, they're they're gonna have to spend money on on one of those other uh, you know, starting pitchers. So um that's just the reality of the situation. I mean, David Peterson was given his opportunity this year and he floundered. Tyler McGill was given his opportunity and he faltered. Um beyond that, they don't really have pitching prospects who are who are really close. You know, they have some guys who are getting close, but uh, they don't have anybody who's who's probably going to be ready to step into the rotation, um, you know, going into next season. Um, so yeah, so they are they are going to probably have to dish out a long term contract or two, uh, you know, to a starting pitcher. Yeah, I think Tidwell is probably their best prospect right now. He's probably two years away at least. And if you go into next season with let's say Verlander, Senga, Otani, and you know Blake Snell or Aaron Nola. That should be pretty solid for the four out of six man rotation you get with Otani. And that could maybe potentially allow you to compete. But like you said, yeah, I got to spend the money. So to hear Epler say they're not going to spend crazy anymore when now they're going to have to really spend crazy, it's, it's, it's interesting. Now, my question for you, Pat, is why is Tommy Pham still on this team? As of the time we're recording this Monday morning, Tommy Pham is still on this team. I thought he should have been the first person to get traded. Why is he still on the team right now? Well, he's drawn some interest from um, the Dodgers and the Twins and some other teams. Uh, so is Mark Canna. Um, and I, I don't know. I, you know, it's, it is a little surprising that, um, you know, both those players are still on the team. And uh, I think at least one of them gets traded, you know, in the next day or two. Um, and and it's, it might just come down to the wire that, uh, you know, the Mets are, uh, you know, it wasn't a priority to trade, you know, uh, you know Canna or Pham. And uh, now that they got Scherzer and Robertson out of the way, then now they can kind of focus on trading one of those two outfielders. Uh, Brooks Raley is also drawing interest. And of course, Justin Verlander is too. So um, the Mets aren't done and uh, they, they have their work cut out for them. What are you hearing about maybe Adam Adovino being moved or Jose Quintana? Do you see there are those guys being moved? I think it's less likely because those guys have another year of control. So I think that, uh, both of those players will probably be factored into the team in 2024. So we mentioned it a little earlier. The Mets have not traded for their biggest need, which is starting pitch. They traded for a catcher, which they definitely don't need with Alvarez and Parada. And now they got two more middle infielders, two more shortstops, really, which, you know, take a shortstop there and have to move around, but they need to get pitching. So do you think if they do trade Canna or they do trade Fam or they do trade Rally, that they're going to be looking to get a pitcher here or are they going to just continue to go for the best prospect available? They'll probably continue to go for the best prospect available. Although you'd like to see them get a uh, pitching prospect because the, you know, it is a need, but, but uh, like, yeah, like I said, it'll, it'll probably just be best prospect available. All right. We'll see how they continue to go about that there. Now looking at this team here, they're creeping back towards 500. Do you think that after this series win here, the locker room is going to continue to, you know, say, listen, we're here. We, we've been hearing all the press conferences and you're sitting in, in there with you're in the locker room with the guys are saying, you know, Lindor is saying we still have this chance to make a run. We, we believe in ourselves. So do you think after this trade deadline, if more stuff comes that the players in the locker room are going to come to the realization of, we're not going to make a run this year. The management doesn't believe in us. 
Or do you think it's going to be the reverse where it's like, in spite of management moving our key players, we're going to do our best here and maybe we will make a run. You know, maybe a little bit of both. I mean, the reality is there. It's management. The the team didn't play well enough this season and uh, management did what they, what they had to do and that sell off, uh, you know, on the team. And, um, you know, the players are still going to play. The guys are still trying to, you know, maybe some guys are trying to prove themselves. Uh, you know, maybe some guys are a little more secure, but, you know, they still want to win. So, um, you know, they're, they're going to play and try and win. And, um, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's, a, it's a tough reality when, um, you know, when your team starts selling off because you didn't play well enough. And, and that's where the Mets are, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things. It would be nice to see them take a sweep of the Royals and make things a little interesting, at least to get two games under 500. And, you know, ultimately, if they do make a run, they'll probably lose a big game to the Marlins where David Robertson has a six out save to kind of say, that's it. Robertson, I don't know if you have heard anything, but it seemed like he was he didn't want to be moved. He was not happy about being moved because of his family loves New York. Do you think this kind of... uh sours the ties between the organization and Robertson or could you see a scenario where they do sign him in the off season to bring him back? Yeah, I don't think it sours ties. I think that, uh, you know, he, he has a good relationship with Billy Epler, a long relationship with Billy Epler. Um, and he loves New York. So yeah, I think that, um, you know, there's, there's a possibility that they could resign him in the off season. Yeah. I think, you could see him with Diaz, which is what we wanted to see. I think that's that's really good eighth and ninth. So hopefully the team does pursue bringing him back in the offseason because he was great this year. He's everything you could have asked for. What are you hearing about the Mets looking ahead here as far as what their thoughts are on a Mark Fientos and a Brett Beatty? Underperforming both of them at the, the big league level. Vientos, it seems like obviously all year they haven't played him, so I don't think they're focusing him in the future too much. But do you think that the Mets, especially with all Mepler's comments, are going to go into next year with Beatty starting, or do you see them maybe looking to potentially move him to improve in the offseason, maybe to get that pitcher, uh, maybe you know something like Corbin Burns or someone who's going to be a frisian the following year? And maybe signing somebody to play third base, or maybe one of these new guys that they traded for playing third base. What do you? What are your 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 senses about Brett Beatty moving forward, and and then Mark Vientos? I think that um, you know Brett Beatty is going to probably be the everyday third baseman going into next year. I think that he he deserves that chance. He's he's their number two prospect. Um, you know he hasn't hit as well as you would have hoped. You know to see him hit this year. Um, you know, probably needs to hit the ball in the air more and uh, needs to improve defensively. But, you know, the potential's there. And um, I think that he is, you know, unless they get an offer that they're blown away for, uh, which is, you know, I feel like is unlikely. Um, he's, I feel like he's going to be the everyday third baseman. And, um, you know, in addition to that, uh, Vientos, for whatever reason, they're not very high on. I mean, they just haven't given him the opportunity to get regular at bats in the big leagues and see what he can do. Um, but, you know, unless they sign a DH, if they don't wind up signing a DH, then, then Vientos kind of by default is going to be 
you know, the everyday DH and is going to get his shot. So, yeah, um, I, I think Beatty uh, will get that opportunity and, uh, you know, Vientos probably won't. And then Ronnie Mauricio. I don't think there's any chance that the Mets call him up this year because, one, they don't want to start his arbitration, and, two, they want to keep his trade value at a all-time high. They don't want to crush it like Vientos that they have. So Mauricio here. I don't necessarily think he's going to start next year on the roster, but do you think that early on into next season, we could see Mauricio playing either second base with McNeil in the outfield or Mauricio playing left field and making an impact on the big league roster next year? Yeah, I think it's possible. I mean, he had a monster season this year in AAA. And, um, you know, the disappointing thing is like, you know, the guy offensively earned a call up and, um, you know, you'd like to see him debut now when he's been hot all season, um, you know, because there's a chance that if he struggles next year, then you're not going to call him up. Um, but they said that there's still benchmarks that he needs to hit uh, offensively and defensively. So, um, yeah, we're going to have to wait till next season. And uh, I do think he'll play a role next year. So do you think that they're going to look to play him at – maybe left field now because of the trade for Acuna or does Acuna get moved to the outfield? How do you see them kind of forecasting this roster like in spring training as far as where are these prospects going to play in the field? I think they just want to expand everyone's versatility. So Mauricio is going to play second. He's going to play left. And Acuna is going to play shortstop, second base, and center field. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just going to create opportunities for guys and, um, uh, you know, like I said, expand their versatility. So Billy Upler, he's been making all these moves. He kind of feels like he's going to be here for the long term. Again, when you're training for prospects, you probably won't be in the big leagues till 2027. That's kind of looks like he's got some job security. But do you think there's going to be somebody above him in the after this offseason? Because I think for everything we heard from that Steve Cohen press conference, it really sounds like he's going to make a hard push to get David Stearns to be the president of baseball operations this offseason. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that they are going to make, they are going to go hard for David Stearns and uh, you know, Cohen, since Cohen took over the team, he's wanted a president of baseball operations. He hasn't been able to get one. And um, you know, since Billy took the job, Billy's been under, you know, Billy's been well aware that, uh, Steve wanted to bring in a president of baseball operations above him. So, um, yeah, I think that they're going to, I think that Stearns, uh, I, well, I know that Stearns is going to be out of his contract after this season. And, um, you know, at that point, then the Mets are going to go hard for him and hopefully make an offer that, uh, he can't refuse. Absolutely. All right, Pat, this has been great. It's going to be very busy for you over the next 24 to 48 hours. So thank you for your time. Let everybody know where they could find your work and where you'll be sending out the breaking news if there are any if there is any more trades that happen of course uh yeah you follow me at regazzo report r-a-g-a-z-z-o report on twitter and follow my work at inside the mets.com uh where you will get full coverage of the trade deadline over the next two days so uh be sure to follow me there all right thanks pat and if you're listening if you haven't already done so make sure you are following believe in the mets on all social media platforms facebook instagram twitter YouTube, and TikTok, and that is at B-L-E-A-V-I-N-T-H-E-M-E-T-S, Believe in the Mets, and find me on Twitter at Nick underscore Durst and on Instagram at Nick's Food and Stuff. So that's going to do it for this episode of Believe in the Mets. 
hopefully the Mets make some trades that make sense and get some good prospects that are close to be major league ready in return. So Pat, we thank you for your time. And again, this has been believe in the Mets and until next time, everybody let's go Mets. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.